0: I wasn't one of the ones to get that silver spoon, or like I know I've read stories where people were able to get out of two to three hundred thousand dollars worth of debt in six months to a year. um, Well, I I wasn't given a condo or given a big amount of money from my family to help me get out. So I'm like, I'm keeping it real. Like I'm in the trenches right now, making it happen. Yeah. So I I I tell people everything, the good and the bad, because people want to hear realistic stories. This is the Personal Finance Show.
1: Hi, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is the Personal Finance Show. Jason Butler wants you to know that you can still have fun and live your life while you're in debt. Jason graduated from Savannah State University in 2008 with around 25 grand in debt. But due to a variety of factors, most of which we discuss in the interview, his debt increased over $72,000 by 2015. His most recent debt report from the end of December 2018 has his total debt down to just over 66 grand. In 2013, Jason started the Butler Journal and started blogging about his debt repayment and side hustles to help him become more accountable with his finances. He decided he wouldn't let this huge debt control his life. He would try his best to pay it down over time, but since he knew that it would take a while, he made a point to try to enjoy his life as well. In 2019, the Butler Journal rebranded as My Money Chronicles, and Jason is working on some great things for 2019 at MyMoneyChronicles.com. Jason has had a few setbacks over the years, but what I admire about him is that he keeps trying different side hustles, writing about them, and helping others find ways to pay down their debts and make extra money with their own side hustles. Jason isn't alone with his large student debt. There are more than 44 million borrowers who collectively owe $1.5 trillion in student loan debt in the U.S., Jason joined me from Atlanta, Georgia, to tell his personal finance
0: story. One of the earliest memories with money that I can remember is my mom setting up credit union accounts for me and my siblings. Okay, um, I, probably was in, I probably was in middle school when this happened, but my mother set up um, a, savings, a savings account for us at the time. And it was with one of the local credit unions. And I just remember um, just depositing money into it. And then not touching it for like a few years. And then when I got old enough to actually like understand and know how to use money, I was able to like use that as my main account. I added a um, checking account to, with that savings account. And I'm currently still a member of that credit union, like 15, almost probably 20 years later, almost. Wow. That's, that's loyalty for sure. I guess. (laughs) Did they pay like good interest or something? At the time i I can't even lie. I don't, I'm not sure what the interest was back then, but right now it's it's decent like I don't know the exact figure, but i'm make I'm getting a little bit back, from yeah, in the savings account like i'm not I don't have enough money in the checking account because I'm literally constantly spending because I use that for bills like where would you get money like what's middle school what age is that for you middle school is on uh, ages sixth, seventh, and eighth grade here. Okay, so and,
1: like early teens or just like end of uh, the preteens?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early, um, pretty much between twelve and twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and maybe fifteen years old. And you were making money uh, around this time doing something? Yeah, yeah. I started. Um, it's crazy. I started one of my earliest side hustles. I think I was in seventh grade. Okay. I made I made calendars, printed them out, did some kind of little design, and I sold. I sold like four or five of them. Okay. Yeah, that pretty much got my side hustle started right there. And I was able to, instead of keeping that money and spending it, I think I I vaguely remember depositing some of that money in the account because it wasn't that much. But as a kid, I wanted to feel semi important and feel semi smart. So I wanted to put some of that money away, a little bit of, at least a little bit of it.
1: Who's buying calendars from uh, like an 11 or 12 year
0: old? (laughs) Actually, teachers. Oh, nice. Yeah, my teachers bought it, and I actually think that one of um maybe one or two of my classmates bought it, and that was that was kind of crazy. Um, like my sister and my brother, neither neither of them made any sales, but at least I was.
1: <laughs> so that's an early hustle. Now, uh, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what did your what did your mom do? She seems like she was pretty uh, had a good head on her shoulders to set up an account for you.
0: She worked in education, working in elementary school, pretty much as a secretary. So she's um been around students and school stuff all her like like most of my life actually
1: yeah so she's doing that and uh, she just had this idea that we're gonna get you started was she a saver herself do you know that
0: yep 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 she was on um, pretty pretty decent saver um I always had accounts saved I always had a at least a little small emergency fund so I guess she wanted to make sure that me and my siblings did the same thing. Nice. That's, that's a really great
1: example. So, okay, a little bit of money from
0: calendars,
1: but do you remember the first time you started making real money, like a first job or something
0: that made you like like real money? I remember um, I had a summer job the summer after ninth grade year. Uh, here in Atlanta, there was a summer program called PIC. The city used to hire teenagers, and they would put them at different jobs around the city. My first job was right after ninth grade. I worked at... City Hall, actually. Oh wow! Yeah, it was a nice little job. At the time, minimum wage was five fifteen, <laughs> so it wasn't wasn't real money. Wow. But as a fifteen year old, I was happy to be making some kind of money, and to see a check and actually to deposit it was pretty good to me. Do you remember? Is that when you got your checking account, or was it before that? It was on um, maybe a couple of years before that because this was after ninth grade, and I think I got a checking account either in sixth or seventh grade. Were you getting like checks from, from family, like gifts or something? or Like a little allowance here and there. And you may, like you said, may get some money on Christmas. Yeah. And maybe I, I would deposit that a little bit, a little bit of that amount. But like that savings was nowhere, nowhere near like $1,000 at all during that time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what
0: what were you doing exactly at City Hall? At City Hall, I actually pretty much was a was secretary. I would answer the phone, accept packages when the delivery man brought them yeah just stuff like that like little clerical work that was an easy easy job for the summer
1: you learn how an office works exactly that's a good i mean if you plan to be in an office which maybe a lot of people might think that they're going to be in one when they're in high school that's a it's a good first experience yeah yeah definitely so uh you made a little bit of money five five something an hour that's before taxes right yep before yeah before taxes yeah (laughs) definitely you gotta you gotta pay the tax man. Do you remember what you did
0: with that? Are you putting a rate in the savings or you nope. are you a spender? You're a spender at I this was, point? Uh, I actually I actually was buying gear, like buying clothes um Yeah. Like, like I'm a fan of Michael Jordan. Sure. Michael Jordan had like some nice shoes out. So I used to buy I used to buy like use some of my money to buy some Jordans, some like other Nike's back in the day. I would have jerseys and stuff like that cuz back then this was 1999. So 99. even though things were expensive, like for example, the tennis shoes now cost like one ninety to two hundred. Sure. Back then, you could still find those the Jordan shoes for like a hundred dollars, a hundred and twenty dollars, and some of the other Nikes that I used to wear, I could get those for like seventy. So <laughs> I wasn't spending too much money on that stuff, but I did splurge a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, that, you don't have a lot of expenses when you're a teenager, right? Nope.
0: Not at all. Not at all.
1: You know, at least you're not like able to go into debt or anything, right? If you
0: want something, what was your mom's
1: policy about like buying you anything like that?
0: Um, she really wouldn't. She wouldn't buy that type of stuff. Um, if I wanted it, like I'm the oldest child, so okay. It's, like parents are usually that the, the toughest on the oldest on their oldest child. She ain't buy any of that stuff. <laughs> if I wanted that, if I wanted those hundred dollars tennis shoes, I have to be the person to buy it. So I bought it. Okay, so you're able to
1: at least get what you wanted and work for it. So that's like, that's good early, good early lesson. And yeah. uh, well, how many siblings do you have?
0: Let's see. I'm going to have a younger sister and a younger brother.
1: Okay. So they, maybe they got a little more spoiled. Uh, is that what you're implying? Um,
0: definitely. Especially <laughs> my brother. But that's a, that's a different story for a different podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure. Sure. So you're having to work to get to the things that you uh, really want, but of course your mom took care of the rest in terms of making you yep. co- comfortable at
0: home and and uh, making sure you're housing fed and all the basics, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, she took care of a lot. Made sure that we had a, Made sure that we always had um a like you said a, a roof over our heads and always had food to eat and uh, whatever
1: basic clothes that you might need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. No, there weren't a uh, hundred dollar
0: Jordans. No, not at all. Far from it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so do you, uh, was that a big motivation then for you to keep trying to figure out how to make money to be able to buy
0: the things that you wanted? It definitely was a motivation because to tell the truth, my mother and my dad got a divorce back in 93. Um, I was 10 at the time. Okay. Early. And yeah. One of the reasons he was, re- one of the reasons they got the divorce was because he didn't want to work. So mm. I guess deep down inside, I always wanted to have some kind of money. And never be like a lazy type person that did, that did not want to work. You didn't want to follow in that example. Not at all. Because that's like, if you're, if you have a family, you should, you should be, you should be trying to make money to take care of your family Absolutely. instead of just being lazy.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of different ways to make money, you know, as yep, as you, you know, today and, uh, and we'll get there. But, uh, yep. <laughs> so you, that, that was a good motivation. I mean. Not necessarily a positive thing in your life, but you got a good motivation from it.
0: Yep. Like I literally pinpoint back on that moment and realize as I, as I've gotten as I've gotten older, I look back and realize that literally every like different stages of my life, I've always been side hustling and trying to make extra money. And I wonder why, and I was able to, um, point it back to that time.
1: Yeah. You were able to actually do some introspection and, and think about why that is. Correct. That's good. That's some good work, because uh, cause otherwise you might be just wondering, like, why you know, uh, the mo- knowing the motivation behind uh, your behavior is always it's good to know. Yep. So,
0: well, what was the next one? What what would you uh, do next? Like uh, next summer? Yep. The next the next job after that, I worked at this place actually called yeah. I actually worked at this other area called City Hall East, which was a <laughs> which is crazy. It was a branch of City Hall, but City Hall was like so small that they needed to branch away. Yeah, And oh, this was cool. This job was like less phone calls and like more lifting and stuff like that and boxes and moving around. Okay. So you you got the office and then you got the warehouse sort of, or like, yes. you know, so, the... sort of like a warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. We were doing, we were doing a lot more, uh, like a little bit more physical labor, but not too much.
1: I feel like these jobs really help you understand uh, what other people are going through in those positions, right? If you're ever coming across them,
0: they definitely do. Especially, yeah, I, I, got, I got a doozy for you coming up, but they sure. definitely teach you respect <laughs> and 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 it helps you learn and uh, actually appreciate things too. So, so now is it every summer? Then you're getting some kind of job? Yeah, the next summer, this was the summer after I graduated from high school. Okay, so you're on your way. It was a, it was through the same program, but this time they assigned me to work at a summer camp. Oh, super easy job, man. Those little kids were bad, but it was a, it was a fun job. <laughs> it was real fun. But you got younger
1: siblings that so you can handle uh, handle kids.
0: Yeah, I can handle little bad rugrats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, again, you know you're managing all of these kids, um, mm-hmm.
0: in one way or another, like
1: organizing programs too. Or
0: yep, yeah, pretty much just like for example, um, the, we take them to do, we take them to the um to the pool. And to like the skating ring from time to time. Yeah. Um. I would. We would play dodgeball. I would be in charge of that. Like play basketball. Throw the football around. So just e- e- easy stuff. <laughs> and since I like sports, that was like the sports part was real easy for me.
1: Yeah. The summer camp sounds like I mean, if if you like camp or you like doing activities, it's a great job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was. It definitely was.
1: And so you're still spending all your money at this point, or, or has anything changed?
0: Um, at this point, I was about to get ready to go to college, okay. so I started saving some of it. Nice. Yeah, I definitely started um, saving a little bit more of it because I didn't want to go to college and be broke. Yeah, so I was able to, I was able to save a decent amount at that time. So you're ready to go to college. How is college uh, to be paid for? In Georgia, there's a scholarship program called the HOPE Scholarship. Okay. At the time, HOPE paid for almost all of the tuition, so I had hope at the time. This was like back in 2002. I literally only had to take out $600 for student loans. Okay. So I was, I did great. Like I did great that first year. Then I lost the Hope Scholarship, and that's why all the problems happened.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, can you talk a little more about how you get Hope, and then how you lost it?
0: How Hope Scholarship works is that if you graduate high school with a GPA of 3.0 or higher, um, you qualify for the Hope Scholarship. And at that time the Hope paid for, like I said, about like ninety to ninety-five percent of your classes. If you if you graduate with a three point seven or higher, they have something called the Zale Miller Scholarship, and that takes care of everything, like a hundred percent of the tuition and fees. That's how well that's how it was back then. Now it's just hundred percent of the tuition, so you still have to pay for fees in college. Yeah, it was it was great. Like I enjoyed it. Um I, it was pretty much like a a free thirty five hundred dollars that I was getting for my first three semesters before I lost it. Well,
1: wait, uh, and before we talk about that, can anyone qualify for the hope scholarship?
0: You have to be a Georgia resident. Yeah. You either have to graduate from a Georgia high school, be a Georgia resident, or if you transfer from like, well, if you transfer, you have to like wait two years and, and then you'll be a Georgia resident. So literally it's for, for Georgians.
1: Okay. And, and what kind of schools can you go to is, is a, is a whole bunch of options.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can go to private and public schools. Uh, now the thing is with the private schools, now you won't get as much. It doesn't cover as much now as okay. it did back then with the private schools. But it pretty much covers the same amount for the public schools that it did back then that it does now, or at least close 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 to that amount.
1: Okay, so uh well what school did you go to and and what did you what did you start in?
0: Um, I went to the Great Savannah State University in Savannah, Georgia. Nice. Um, it's located. it's located three and a half hours from from Atlanta, Georgia. It was like a great school for me to go to. Um, I I enjoyed my time there, and it was not one of the most expensive schools in the state. So, I was I was happy. Like I I, I went there to help save money as well.
1: I just, I just stopped in Savannah on the way down to Orlando in September.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I, so you, you got a chance to see the Savannah was a nice city then.
1: Yeah. Just a little bit. It looked, looked really great. I had those little cookies, uh, that they make, you know what I'm talking about? It's, um, did you get them from river
0: street? Yeah, I think so. Like they, yeah, they only yeah.
1: make them in Savannah.
0: Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I can't remember the name of them, but I definitely know.
1: They're like little addictive cookies and, and, uh, now I can't ever find them again. Uh, that's why, you know, like that's that's the down, only downside of traveling is if you ever like something that's like in another country or far far away, you you lose access to it.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you may be able to find them online though. Maybe, I may and I and I will try. Yeah, uh, if I would check out Savannah Candy Kitchen. I think they have a website and they may ship those cookies to you. Nice. See, this is why I do podcasts. To
1: find out about <laughs> how to get cookies. Uh, from places I might never go to again. So okay, you're in Savannah and what program?
0: I got my degree in marketing. So I was in um a business administration program. Nice. Okay. So then
1: a uh, second year, you didn't get hope. And, and why did that happen?
0: Um, I had a little too much fun my first year. I literally, see. Um, okay. Yeah. That's what, I, that's, that's, that tends to happen sometime when, um, when people go away from, when people go away. to Absolutely. college. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I literally, um, that first semester, I was enjoying myself a little too much. Uh, didn't apply myself that good. But by the second semester, I, was, I did great. Once I, was, once I crossed that 30, that 30 credit hour limit, because with the HOPE scholarship, they check you at every 30, 60, and 90 credit hour. Okay. When I crossed that 30, that 30 credit hour limit, my GPA was under 3.0, so I ended up losing HOPE.
1: I see. I see. Did you have to get student loans then?
0: Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, like I had the Pell Grant, but I had to get some student loans. Um, I got, I I used the federal loans, and I got a little bit of private loans at the time. When you finished your degree, I guess it was four years. Yep, yep. It was a four-year degree. Well, how, so how much did you have in student loans? It might have at that time. It might have been about somewhere between twenty-two or twenty-four thousand. Okay, okay, and that's uh, you. Yeah, which was, I think so. Yeah, I, I think that was. I think around that time. I don't think it was. Because it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad at the point. It might have been closer to 20000 actually.
1: And that sounds pretty typical if it's not like going to an Ivy League school where it's like, what, fifty grand a year or something. That
0: just always seems insane to me. Yeah, it it's kind of ridiculous. And like that's part of the reason why I'm never going to grad school because I don't need to get in any more debt.
1: Do you know anybody who's been through the Ivy League uh, process and is in like $200,000 in debt?
0: Um, not the Ivy League process, but I know people that went to SCAD. Savannah College in Art Design, which is a private school in Savannah, Georgia, that has campuses in Atlanta and overseas. Um, I know some people that's over a hundred thousand. Oh wow, that's ridiculous. Yeah, like it's just really crazy. Yeah,
1: and, and like, do do you feel at all like your education
0: was somehow less? No, I don't. I don't. I don't feel like it was like less at all. Right. I believe. Yeah, I I don't I kind of I kind of wish that I would have applied myself a little bit more because like I'm a smart person but I let circumstances could I let some circumstances control me a little bit but everybody has like hindsight when they're in their 30s about what they could have did when they were in their 20s. Yeah, no that's true.
1: I mean, we, we going to school is social as much as it is about education, right? I mean, you you're yeah. learning about life, you're learning about yourself and and you learn yep. your limits and what it is you can handle, and
0: exactly. And then, as I mentioned, the fact if you um like join any like clubs or fraternities or sororities, anything because I was in a fraternity, yeah. So I was, yeah, I was doing a lot of partying and stuff too. So I, <laughs> I, I did, I did a lot.
1: But you probably got some uh, good connections too in the, in the yeah, fraternity. Yeah, right? I got some
0: great connections, some good memories, yeah, and yeah, and also made some mistakes too. But you live and you learn. Well, but you got the degree, right? Heck yeah, I got the degree. So May tenth, two thousand and eight.
1: Okay, so two thousand and eight, you get your degree. You didn't have to. You got a degree that is, uh, as you said, no less in terms of education quality than an Ivy League school or even the, the Academy of uh, Design, <laughs> the, any private schools. Yep. And you only come out with you know under twenty five grand, in, in debt, which sounds like something that you might be able to manage it's not like a life-ruining amount of debt
0: any other time in history that would have been the answer okay that would have been <laughs> but not but no not in 2008 oh in 2000 i just i don't know why i didn't put that together oh yeah, wow not, okay yeah not in 2008 because our economy crashed yeah bad. it, it did. tanked like it, it tanked down here it took me a year and a half to find a full-time job oh during that, during that year and a half i was still working a part-time job that i had when i was in college I was getting used to like living off a college campus. Before then, I didn't pay rent. I didn't pay light bill. I didn't pay cable. I didn't pay any of that stuff because it was taken it was taken care of with my um tuition and fees. Yeah. Well, it took a while to get used to and the budget, all that stuff. When I was working that part-time job after college, I had to make some decisions. Either pay my own um, credit cards and my loans and stuff on time, or pay my rent and my cell phone bill because you need a place to stay and you need that phone to be on so you can get the interview the, the, the phone interviews for the yeah, companies. Absolutely. So I, had, I made that decision to pay that stuff. That's when the interest started hitting my student loans and some and some of my other like debts. And let's just say the highest that my student loans were at one point was probably like like it probably jumped close to about 60, probably about 62 63,000.
1: Oh wow! Are you telling me that that's all in interest, or you just were able to add more on?
0: Added about thirty thousand in interest. Oh, that's terrible. Maybe twenty-five because, like a dumb, like a dummy, at one point I decided to go back to school to try to get another degree that added another twelve thousand. So I will say that yeah, it probably was in about in like eight to nine years, it was about yeah about twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars worth of interest and like these.
1: Can you break down the yeah? So you said the late fees. So how how exactly like you don't have to pay? It just keeps building oh. the
0: interest. Oh, I oh I definitely had to pay, but for for a while, like for a while, I wasn't paying my student loans. I just kept I just kept getting them deferred because I didn't make enough money. So you can do that. You can get them deferred. Yep, doing deferred and and a forbearance. And the thing that sucks is that during those times, the loans are still collecting interest. Yeah. They're still being charged interest for like three or four years. Just kept filling out the paperwork, and so I wouldn't have to pay.
1: What's the criteria
0: for deferral and and as you said forbearance? Um, making less than thirty five thousand dollars. Okay. Before, I know that was for one of them. Um, I think I only, I think I was able to only do the, I did the deferment when I was in school. Um, the forbearance was because of the income, like under at the time I was making under thirty five thousand, so I wasn't, I was struggling. Like definitely struggling. Yeah, um, I probably was making. I was making probably. Let's see. I will fast forward a few years. I was making about like thirty to thirty one thousand before I got the job that I met that I'm at now. So those loans was literally deferred to like twenty fifteen. Oh man. I kept, I kept yeah I kept deferring them because I didn't have the money to pay for them.
1: And and so they they have this system where you can you know fill up paperwork to not make any payments because of low income but they don't do anything to help you with the accumulating interest. Correct. Because they
0: don't care. Like they they don't, they don't care. That's how they get, that's how they get more money. Wow. Wow. That, I mean, that sounds like a really crappy system. It is. It's a horrible system. I'm not sure whether the loan debt has hit, has hit a trillion yet, but I think it's getting, I think it's getting close. Like I can't remember what the numbers were the last time I was looking, but it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, with a system like that where where interest can just accumulate forever, oh, I can't. Believe, so you basically dub, more than doubled by the time you got around to start yes. paying down the principal? Correct. Whoa. Wow. Okay, so you're just you're getting by, you're you're trying to live your life. Are you trying side hustles? What are you what are you trying in this time before you get the job that you're in now, say?
0: Yeah, um, I actually did start started a little bit started started the website in 2013. Okay, yeah. Um, started started doing some side hustles a little bit. Like I've been doing eBay on and off for like nine years. Okay, so I started a little bit in 2013 with eBay. Um, in 2015 I got a little bit more serious with it. Um, did some freelance writing in 20 late 2015, early 2016. Yeah, in college I sold like mixtapes. I sold t-shirts on and off like since 2009 on and off. So I've been doing like a lot of different side hustles to help um, generate more income. So you, you got the
1: you got the motivation from your early life, as you talked about earlier. Now you got this extra motivation of the debt and yeah. those, those things combined are you're just you're trying to hustle all the time.
0: Yes, definitely. Definitely. And by trying to hustle all the time, I've learned I've made some failures, like made some mistakes, but I've also learned a lot of things, too. Sure,
1: and you're writing about a lot of this stuff on uh, it's
0: about the Butler Journal, right? On the Butler Journal, yep, I am. i definitely am. Like I said earlier, um, with the Butler Journal, I got serious about it in 2015, and I basically like get get into a lot of detail. I talk about different side hustles. I talk about the different debt, and I do a monthly update with my debt. I let people know if eBay worked this month, what I sold, what I didn't sell, what other side hustles I got going on. And just try to keep people motivated and let them know that they can still have fun while while they're in a ton of debt as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, so is your
0: debt? Uh, maybe we're we'll jumping ahead. Is it going down? It is going down. Literally, I was at I start when I when I started paying off the debt in 2015, my numbers were at seventy two thousand. Oh. So this was like student this was student loans, like a couple of random bills and credit card debt. Sure, I had got I got to fifty eight thousand this year. Nice. That's really great. And then my car went out on me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I had to get another so I had to get another added another $8,000 to that debt. Oh man. And I man. got back up to 67,000 and I'm currently at 66 now. But, but you're chipping away. I'm working but but I, I I know a lot more now in 2018 than I did in 2015, so I know that it will go down a lot quicker this time.
1: Yeah, you're still working on it. But then that's yep. good, right? I mean, you you're trying all the different things, and and the, and that's all that really matters. But you and then you end up getting a you have a, a
0: full time job now. Yep, yep. I got I got a full time job working as a um financial aid counselor at one of the local universities down here. What a great um, job my, for you! Yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, I've been there since 2015. I got a um raise and became a senior counselor. In July of 2017, and to be honest, I've realized a lot of things. Like after after my after my previous birthday, um, I just turned 35 last month, and I realized a lot of things. And when it comes to like paying off debt and just trying to get extra money, sometimes you can get stuck in your comfort zone, mm. and you can only you can only like cut expenses so much. So at the end of the day, you got to look for more money. And for a while, I was just trying to do different side hustles on the side, and I was I was content with the job. But I'm literally in the process of looking for a new job, a new higher paying job too, because at the end of the day, the more money I make, the quicker this debt will be able to be paid off.
1: That's right, and and you you're building you have all these skills that you've built up uh, over the years, right? And that's Correct. that's when you can sort of figure out what it is that you're good at. But I I mean I was just thinking that. Financial aid sounds like a really great place for you to he- help others not get into your uh, situation.
0: It's pretty good, but it's you know you you know when you've been somewhere for so long, yeah, that you yeah, need another, yeah, that you need another um challenge and also more money. So that's why I'm actually that's why I'm that's why I'm actually in the process of looking for for other opportunities right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and, and uh, hopefully that's okay to say on this podcast.
0: I hope so. Like I hope no, like I hope nobody hears me from the school that I work at. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just that's, get... that's, that's why I didn't say what. That's why I didn't say what of college. <laughs> that's
1: right. That's right. Okay, good. call. And I've
0: already did. I've already did some searches on uh, my name. It's not on the school website anywhere. Like I've 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 looked. So okay, great. No, yeah, none of none of the counselors in our office is because unfortunately we do have a high turnover rate. So they won't put our they won't put anybody from our office name on the site.
1: Yeah, well that's the good, that's good. I just didn't want you to say something that might be called out later.
0: I'm not really worried about that.
1: <laughs> okay, good, good. I'm glad you're not. You have a degree in marketing. What
0: uh-huh. would it be that you would want to do? You have something in mind? It's it's crazy. Um I would actually like to work either still in a school, but actually work in athletics because I love sports. Yeah. Um do something on the marketing team with like the athletics like do some kind of promotion with teams or I'm realizing now that I like social media too. So I could be like a social media coordinator or something like that.
1: Well, I mean, you're pretty good at uh, doing the website stuff and, and that so far, right? Yeah. You have a practice yeah, on your own. With, I'm pretty good with
0: the website stuff, but it, I have, I have to learn a lot more about websites, like that more about the HTML because I know the basics where I can get my sites going. But as far as other people's sites, yeah, I don't trust my skills enough to get that going yet.
1: Yeah, that's I mean there there are some more advanced things that you can do. But then, you know, mm-hmm. you you can decide to invest in yourself. So yeah. you you're uh you're chipping away so there's no uh there's no investments or anything at this point,
0: right? Your everything goes towards um, the student loan. I actually do have um some small investments. I have an account with Stockpile Okay. and I have some and I have some money in Robinhood as well, so I have I have a little bit of investments.
1: The debt's going to be there for a while, so might as well try a
0: couple other things, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to say that I have a couple, like literally a couple hundred dollars tied in into those stocks, but it's not much. But at the end of the day, like last year, like because I had at one point I had paid off all my credit card debt, so I wanted I told myself I wanted to, wanted to get into some stocks, so I put a little bit of money into that. Yeah, well, that,
1: I mean, that's great that you got rid of the credit card debt.
0: But I made made some mistakes, and now I have debt again. <laughs> so, is the, are you saying that the car thing was a mistake? The car wasn't a mistake, but getting back in credit card debt was like a mistake. Like I didn't, I didn't need to do d- to do what I did, but I made some mistakes and got back into that debt. I should have paid cash for. I should have used my debit card for like one trip, that sure. I for one flight that I booked, but I didn't. I ended up using um using my credit card and what else? And something else happened. I think I just said, forget it. and splurged on some concert tickets.
1: Well, you know, it's good that you're sort of owning up to all this stuff, right? As you're, as you're doing it, you're recognizing it, right? Yeah. Do you write all this stuff in in your, uh, on your blog? Like you're, you're doing the full disclosure or?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I pretty much tell, I I tell everything. Um, I, I definitely like going to details. Pretty much, well, I will go into detail about majority of the stuff. Like, like if you look on my um updates now, you'll see that I I'm in mean, credit card debt. I don't really tell people. I didn't tell people how I got back into it all the good way, but I just said, "Dang, I made a mistake. Yeah, I made a couple of mistakes here and there, and now I have this amount of debt." Because part of part of the reason I'm back in the credit card debt is because I because I started doing travel hacking. Mm. Um, Southwest Airlines had a um, promotion going on where. If you spent two thousand dollars, you would get fifty thousand airline miles. So I ended up paying off a loan with part of that. I pay, I ended up using using a credit card to pay off one of my the pay off a loan that I had um, at at this. At, ironically, at the school that I that I was thinking about going back to at the time. Yeah. So I used I I use that credit card to get that. But on the flip side, um, those fifty thousand points has helped me get a few flights for for basically free. Okay. So, I think it was a good move because at the end of the day by like say by April or March, the credit card debt to be eliminated.
1: Yeah, and then you were able to like you said, enjoy your life uh by going on a flight or two while still yep. and not letting this debt uh paralyze you.
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: Do you do you hear from other people in the same situation uh, as you?
0: Yeah, I do. Um a lot of people I hear from a lot of people from time to time, a lot of people um they don't have they don't have as much hope as I have when it comes to paying off the debt. Yeah. A lot of them are like nervous, they're looking for side hustles. So I just try to help people to help people the way that I can and I want them to know that we can all get out of debt together.
1: Yeah. So how like if someone is but whether they're in the the debt situation or not or they're just looking to make a little bit of extra money uh, on the side, maybe to go on a trip or or whatever it is, they can They're paying for their basics. They're maybe they're not in a tremendous amount of debt or anything, but they're they're really not going anywhere. What like what would you recommend for them to do other than, of course, start reading uh, uh,
0: the Butler Journal? I definitely recommend that they start doing a side hustle. How do you find your side hustle? How do you figure it out? In my opinion, um, everybody can do a side hustle. People are just lazy, though. Lazy as hell, if I, if I can correct. I'm <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, okay. Lazy as hell. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people and tried to give them game, tried to give them focus. And three weeks later, they haven't done anything. But to answer the question about how to find a side hustle, there are hundreds of articles out there that talks about side hustles. Like I have an article called 40 Plus Ways to Make Extra Money This Month. You can click on that post and Just, just read the different the different side hustle ideas out there. Try multiple side hustles. See what you like. It's like, for example, some people may like doing design work and graphic work. While for me, I hate doing that type of stuff because I'm not a good designer at all. Like, I hate Photoshop. I can't, I can't get it to save my life. Yeah. But I like, I like selling stuff. Like, I've literally been selling stuff since I was a teenager. So, you can try eBay. You can try offer up or Craigslist. Um, There's like hundreds of side hustles out there. Definitely try it. And if you don't make money with one within a few weeks, go to the next one.
1: Can you break down the eBay? Like what are you doing specifically on eBay
0: uh, to make money? Okay. Basically with me, what I'm doing on eBay, I'm just selling other people's items. Like literally every, every Saturday and some Fridays I go to thrift stores. Sure. I look for things such as shoes, coffee mugs, board games, bobbleheads, jerseys, stuff like that. If I find it for a decent price, I grab it and then I take pictures and I list it and post it online. Last month, I made over $500 selling eBay, doing it in my part-time. Easy money. That's great. Yeah, easy money. I'm in the process of trying to get to $1,000, which I know I will get to. Either It's either going to happen in Hopefully December, but if not December, it'll happen sometime early next year because I have an eBay store. I currently have 170 items live right now. Wow. And I know that that number is yeah, that going to get higher than that because I'm looking for more items. And I'm learning more about other stuff to sell, too. And you're learning every time you, you buy and sell
1: something or you buy something and it doesn't sell, you're learning more and more. And you've been doing this since you were a kid.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah, literally been, been selling things since I was a kid, but I've been on, I've been on eBay since 2009. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. Yeah, so it's, been a, it's, been, it's been a while, but I tell people that I got serious about eBay like late 2015, 2016. And last year is when it really took over. Like, like I started going to the thrift stores and doing stuff every week with it.
1: You probably got your, uh, your 10,000 hours uh, of experience. That's maybe that's I think I it. it, yeah, all, if, I, if, it, it
0: <laughs> if I'm not at ten thousand, I'm very close.
1: Yeah, and so it probably sort of just you know clued in like it just became clear what you have to do.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Like before we like literally thirty minutes before we got on the phone call, I was I took a like I took I took off from work today thirty minutes before the phone before we got on um, Zoom, I, I took a post op- I took a box to the post office and shipped it. Nice. Like it was it was an item that I paid seven dollars for, and Shoot, I sold it for seventeen bucks, which was double than what I paid for. Yeah, that's great. It was a decent flip. Like I usually try to get three or four times more than what I paid for, but this item has been sitting in my store for a few months, so I just wanted to get it out of here.
1: Hey, if you get a dollar more than what you paid for, like that, you anyway, know, it's the time that you spent, I guess, that you're trying to to pay for, right? But at least you're not yep. selling it at a loss or anything like that. And and uh, yeah, I guess maybe you you learn uh from that maybe you wouldn't buy that item or you know that the demand isn't out there maybe it's just random is it just random sometimes
0: yeah sometimes it's just random um but majority of the time every item that i purchase i look inside the ebay app i like type the name in well not every item if it's a newer type item i usually um type type the name in the ebay app and then from there i look at the previous solds. Like they have a list of previously sold items and if it's making a decent amount of money, like this one was, um, I'll, I'll buy it. So yeah, you can't beat it. Like some items I know they're going to like some items I know I can get a decent amount of money for. And I know I'm going to make, I know they'll sell. Because like I said earlier, when it comes to sports, I know sporting stuff like the Jordan tennis shoes, the sports jerseys, the bobbleheads. I know that I'll eventually make money off those things. Now sometime item sits for a couple of months but at the end of the day, who doesn't? If an item sits three or four months, but when you hear the eBay notification go off with the cha-ching and you got a hundred dollar sale on some tennis shoes that you only paid six bucks for, you can't beat that.
1: That's right. As long as you can afford to, you know, float that, you know, and it's not killing you, then you're correct. You know, sometimes it takes time to turn things around. You know, arbitrage is not
0: uh, always a quick game, right? No, yeah. it, no, it's definitely, it's definitely not. But one thing that I also do, I have my items cross-posted. A lot of the items are listed in like four locations, such as not just eBay, but they're on Bonanza, they're on OfferUp, they're on Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, and Mercari.
1: That's smart. And and you never do you ever have conflicts? Is it tough to manage all that
0: or no? No, it's not. Like, not for me because the thing is um, eBay and the Bonanza website, they're connected. Okay. So if something sells on eBay, it's gonna automatically be pulled out of um be pulled it will automatically be pulled out of the live listing for Bonanza. The same the same with um Bonanza. If something sells on Bonanza, it's gonna be removed from the active listing on eBay. The only thing I have to check is if I sell an item on eBay, I have to check Mercari to see if it's still live. Because Mercari is similar to eBay where where people can buy the items and pay for it, and then you ship the items. Yeah, All the other websites, like OfferUp, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, those are sites where you have to meet up with the person.
1: So you think about what you know, like you said, you know sports stuff and maybe uh-huh. focus on that like if you don't <laughs> you like don't go buy like uh you know plates that you hang on the wall if you don't know anything about those <laughs> things right or little porcelain dolls or you got to know right. and everybody knows a little bit about something whether it be a hobby or you know like i'm a musician so i know about music right so th- there's a lot of different uh ways you can go with this but uh what's another uh side hustle uh, other than the arbitrage uh, of items that might that uh, uh, that you that works for you or that you might recommend?
0: Selling t-shirts online. T-shirts, um, okay. I love selling t-shirts online. Like I'll tell you the backstory of why I started selling t-shirts. Please. In college, I used to work at Lady and Sons and the Paula Deen retail store. Uh, Paula Deen is the owner of the Lady and Sons, which is a um, southern soul food restaurant in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, Paula Deen, I've seen her on TV. Yeah, it's world famous, man. She's, 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 a, cool, she's a cool little old lady. Um, I worked in, worked in her store and her restaurant for like three years total okay working working in the store she would sell all kind of crap <laughs> books <laughs> mugs like little little mixing little mixing dishes and t-shirts and I'm like I got I, I, I had a thought one day I was like man if this lady can sell these crazy t-shirts and people are buying them hell I might as well do the same thing and try it that's right so if people are not familiar with Savannah Georgia Savannah, Georgia has one of the biggest St. Patrick's Day celebrations in the country. Really? I didn't um, know that. Wow. Yeah, they, they do. Like, literally every year, it's it's always in the top four or five parades. Okay. Between, like, between like Chicago, um, Boston, New York, like, they're all in the top four to five. Yeah. Like, there has been years where four hundred thousand people have came to Savannah for that for, for St. Patrick's Day. That uh, sounds so, so random.
1: I, I guess there's a there was or it still
0: is a big Irish population. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty nice, pretty nice little Irish population down there. Okay. And the crazy thing is, I I was I figured I was like I gotta make some money doing this weekend, so I came up with some with some shirts similar to like the I love New York shirt, but instead of love, I put I. Then I had a sh- a green shamrock, smart, yeah. Put Savannah on it. That's great. Yes, man. The first year, I tripled my money what yeah. I put into the shirts. <laughs> awesome. I was hooked. I was freaking hooked. <laughs> uh, sold out. Well, the next year I was hyped. I was I was I was excited. Yeah. And I didn't do as well. Okay. Yeah, I didn't do as well. Um, some things happened. I got stopped by the police. Ah. Yeah, they took some they took some of my merchandise and never gave it back. Oh no. That's another story for another day.
1: Well, that's a lesson uh, learned, right? I mean, if if there's a way to do
0: it legally. Definitely a lesson learned. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I was, I was still a little bit younger at the at, during those days, um I wasn't I wasn't trying to get a I wasn't trying to get a permit for one day. I was just going to continue to just try to sell. Yeah. But like you said, you learn you live and you learn. And after that, I had, like, some ups and some downs with the T-shirts. And 2013 or 2014 came, and I still like doing shirts. But I had to figure out another way to do them because at the end of the day, I was printing out these shirts. People said they liked them before I printed them out. But when I printed the shirts out, nothing.
1: Yeah, they always say that. that You can't trust anybody, right? Yeah, in
0: 2015, I still had some shirts from, like, 2011, okay. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day in my closet. Yeah, like I donated. I at this point, like I had a I had a big cartel store up, and I still would promote it from time to time online. Um, like because I had other shirts out there that I thought looked good, but at the end of the day, some of those designs sucked, and I wasted money by printing them out. So I donated those items in 2015 or 2016. That's when I found out about Teespring. Okay, Teespring is a is a print on demand website you create your designs and you upload them to their to their website and you make money you get a percentage of every shirt sold online so wow. for example if i sell a t-shirt for 18.99 i get about 7 to 8 bucks for that for me that works perfectly because i don't have to worry about inventory i don't have to worry about customer service or anything Nothing. i just get money deposited into my um teespring dashboard that i can transfer to paypal so i i love i love I'm um, selling shirts on Teespring and other websites like that right now.
1: Cause you were doing You're coming up with designs anyway, that was the major part of it, right? I mean, you know, anybody can yeah. buy, buy a t-shirt, uh, you know, from, from somewhere from a store, but not with your design on it. So Tees- Teespring is the online solution to this.
0: Correct. It sure is. And so how often do you make designs? I've actually been slacking lately. Um, <laughs> I, I literally used to do designs probably like three or four times, maybe a year. Yeah. but the, the, but i would do a lot of promotion um like for example i had an ebay shirt that, that was my best that was my best seller but two years after i put the shirt up that's when they want to figure out that ebay was a trademark word and they took my shirt down you can't you can't use trademark items sure now okay. sometimes people like myself has done it before in the past and it went unnoticed for a long time but eventually they'll find you and take your shirt down
1: well you gotta test the system, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But like right now I don't even I don't even try to like create designs with words and stuff like that did a did a trademark because I just don't have I don't have time to be losing out on money because right. that really That's was right. my highest paying my highest selling shirt and I lost out. So this sounds like uh, it's this is almost passive income. Yes. You have to like of course like you have to do a little work on the front end, but Yeah. All you have to do is promote the links and make sure it's something that's, that people find funny, and you'll make money. Like I have a couple of new designs that I put out within the last couple of weeks that are doing all right. Like I did some Facebook some Facebook ads, and I'm actually about to do um, some more promotion with the shirts, and hopefully make a decent amount before before December is before um, December is done. Well,
1: but, that, but that's great because you, you do a little bit of work to make the designs and then you kind of set it and forget it. How long could they stay up on the, on the site forever?
0: Um, They show, they, they close and restart every three days.
1: Yeah. So, so every three days your design is still there. Yep. On the site. Okay. Yeah, great. And uh, it's just like every three days, it's just uh, like for a batch
0: for ordering. Exactly. That's exactly what it did. Every three days, a new batch will print.
1: Gotcha. Okay. That's really cool. So like how many designs do you have up there?
0: Let's see, right now, I currently have um, about 15 or 16 designs. Out of those 15, 16 designs, maybe five of them have sold. Yeah. Like I actually did some uh, some product research a couple of days ago, was asking people which one of these shirts do they like or dislike. And I got some decent answers. I'm just trying to figure out which I want to get more shirts up there that are going to sell and more shirts that my audience like. Because a lot of people say that they like stuff, but at the end of the day, if that's if the shirts are not selling, that means that that they're, they're not people aren't people don't really like them.
1: Yeah, I mean it sounds like a numbers game to me, right? Like that's if the, you create a bunch of designs, even if you hired people to to do the actual
0: drawings or whatever, and you had the ideas. Yeah, I actually, I actually have had I, I actually have hired a designer. Yeah, and that's actually it's on my list to do to find another designer because, like I said earlier, I'm not good with graphic design. Yeah, but the but ideas. I, yeah, I have, I got some great ideas. So yeah, that that'll be hopefully I'm able to get that done before before the Christmas holiday get here because I want to I wanna end 2018 with a bang Teespring.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. And you already knew the t shirts, you tried it on your own. You know, it like I think we just need to keep an eye out for things that fit into what we're doing and then take the opportunities like, wow, I can just make this design and somebody's gonna sell it for me. Sure, I get less a little bit less money. But I don't have to do any of the selling, which takes up most of the time.
0: Exactly. Like, that's 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 for me. Like, I'm all about working smarter, not harder these days.
1: Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I feel like you're you're pretty good at figuring out what that is by now. Right. And so and then yeah. you're writing about this stuff and you get feedback. And yeah. So, yeah, you're just going to try to build uh, as many of these like side hustles as you can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Between um those two. And then I also, also count my blog as a side hustle slash business sure. as well because there is money made with that. Yep. And those are the ones that I'm focusing on because there was a time where I was trying to do six or seven side hustles and I failed miserably. Okay. Um, you, you can't be a success at six or seven different things at one time. Yeah. You have to get, you have to get them going first. That's right. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing with these side hustles.
1: And then you can just like uh, with the t-shirts you could kind of if you had like a huge number on there you can kind of set it and forget it, right?
0: And yep, even if and just that's, a couple that's actually what my plan is because Amazon has a t-shirt website it's called Merch by Amazon. Yeah. And if I can get if I can get some t-shirts in there and some good ones to sell that has like some good SEO and some good sayings, I could make some real money. Right, yeah. I'm just I've been struggling with Merch by Amazon now.
1: Well, I'm sure you'll figure it out, right? <laughs> definitely,
0: definitely. Yeah, and if I if I don't figure it out, my designer will figure it out.
1: <laughs> exactly. The best thing is that you're trying all this stuff. You know, you could just be what working working your job, maybe slowly, very slowly, paying down the debt and hoping one day for it all to be different. But you're you're making your own destiny.
0: Have, I have to be. I have to because at the end of the day, I want to be location independent. I love to travel. I've done some pretty decent travel within the last five to six years and I have to do more because that's like when I really, that's honestly, that's when I truly feel alive. When I'm in the, I feel like I'm really in the moment when I'm traveling.
1: I, I and hear I, you. I
0: need more of that feeling. Oh, it's a great feeling. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not here to be set up to, to sit down in a cubicle for 40 to 50 years of my life. Like it, it can't happen. And it's good to
1: know that. Right. And, and that'll, that'll keep you, keep you going, keep you on the right track.
0: Definitely, definitely,
1: well, thanks for sharing your story. Sometimes people come on the show and they've been through all this stuff already, like oh, I was in lots of debt like well myself for example right and i and mm-hmm. i I got out of it and uh, you know built it all back up and uh, but it's also good to hear from uh, people who are are in it, and you're pretty aware of what's happening right you're not in
0: denial about the situation nah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in denial because I like the I like, I want people to realize that I keep it real. Yeah. I'm, every blogger or person in the finance industry don't. I wasn't one of the ones to get that silver spoon or like, I know I've read stories where people were able to get out of two to $300,000 worth of debt in six months to a year. Wow. Um, well, I, I wasn't given a condo or. Yeah. Yeah. Given a big amount of money from my family to help me get out. So I'm like, I'm keeping it real. Like I'm in the trenches right now, making it happen. Yeah, so I I, I tell people everything—the good and the bad—because people want to hear realistic stories. Yeah,
1: a lot a lot of the stories that we hear have some privilege attached to them, and, and we need to acknowledge that.
0: Yep, yep. And, and mine doesn't.
1: Yeah, and that's you know, and that's probably representative of a, a whole lot of the population who are in this. And so people are listening to these stories about I'm I'm retired at 35 or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> and they can't relate because they don't have the same opportunities. So, yeah, thanks for keeping it real.
0: Uh, No problem, Bo. No no problem at all.
1: All right. Well, hopefully, I I definitely will see you at FinCon uh, uh, in September 2019, right?
0: Exactly, man. I'm there.
1: All right. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave me a five-star rating or review or both. If you're already a subscriber, you're awesome. Please join my Facebook group so I can thank you personally. To find the group, go to Facebook and search for The Personal Finance Show. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Personal Finance Show. I'll be back next week with the sassy investor, Michelle Hung.